a place of service can become holy ground, but sometimes our shoes get in the way. What are some of the shoes that we wear that keep us from feeling the holy ground under our feet? Heather Bishop is a senior nursing major. She grew up in the church. She believed in God since she was a small child. She lived a very sheltered life. She went to a Christian high school. She had private, high sc private education the whole time. And then this summer, she went to Kenya, Africa for six weeks. Rugged shoes, too sheltered to serve. Too sheltered to serve. These shoes protect us from the unwanted intrusions of service. They keep us insulated and sheltered from the needs of others. God wants nothing between Moses, wanted nothing between Moses and himself. Often we are afraid to serve in areas outside our comfort zones. We, feel, we fear failure. Who says we have to succeed at all we do? That is a false standard set up by God, set up by people, not by God. God wants us to be willing to try. Rugged shoes. Hmm. What kind of things would rugged shoes protect a person from? Well, I'm thinking that it would keep my feet warm and dry if it was rainy or muddy or if there was um, some rocky ground, protect my feet from the sharp stones that I could step on. But um, rocky ground, let's talk about that. Um, there are a lot of situations in each of our lives that could be considered rocky ground. Maybe it's a relationship that's difficult for you or possibly um, a circumstance or maybe even a place. For me, this past summer, as Professor Erke mentioned, um, I had an opportunity to go to Kenya, Africa. And when I got there, I realized that it was gonna be some pretty rocky ground, something that I was completely unfamiliar with and that possibly unprepared for. Um, in my experience, um, as I was hiking on that rocky ground, uh, working in a missionary hospital um, with a lot of um, diseases and things that were very contagious and uncertain place for me to be in, some of the boulders I came up against were um, uncertainty and language. They didn't speak the same language as me. Um, fear. I was uh, afraid of certain circumstances that I could be in. And as I saw this rocky ground and these boulders in my path, I was thinking, what can I do to protect myself from this? Uh, the first thing I wanted to do was to make myself comfortable again. How can I keep myself from having experiences that could possibly hurt me or put me where I don't want to be? So I looked in my suitcase. What did I have to protect myself? And I found some boots. I think you guys probably have some boots that you use when you're out in rough and tumble. And I saw these. And so every once in a while I'd slip them on and they would keep my feet warm and dry and comfortable and my feet wouldn't come in contact with the rocks and the boulders that were in that culture in that Kenyan hospital. Um, but as I spent my time in Kenya I realized that in order to um, fulfill the purposes that I had come for in order to um, be changed and to change lives that the boots just weren't cutting it. They were protecting me too much. I needed to take the boots off and just go barefoot and allow God to change me and change others 
um, by just the raw experiences, those rocks and those boulders. Um, some examples of that, um, just working in the hospital was a challenge. Um, the patients didn't understand what I was saying. I didn't understand what the patients were saying. And there were a lot of procedures um, that needed to be done, maybe medications that needed to be passed. Um, and there were very qualified Kenyan staff there. And I could just kind of sit on the sidelines and soak in the learning experience and watch the Kenyan staff do the procedures and do the patient care and stay on the safe side and maybe not touch someone who has tuberculosis or stay away from that patient with AIDS. But um, God had called me to this place and I decided that I wasn't just going to sit on the sidelines. I got in there and got my hands dirty and my feet dirty. And so just being in the hospital was an experience. And sometimes I would go out into the community with a translator and I had opportunities to stand up in front of mothers with babies, um, Kipsigis, mothers with babies, and teach them about how to take care of those children and about immunizations. And um, I, I could have just sat, you know, in a nearby chair and watched as the very talented Kenyan staff got up and spoke in their native language to these people. But God had called me to um, the challenge. And so I would get up with the translator and speak to these ladies about what they needed to do. And I know that God used those words to make a deeper impression on those people. And also in one relationship that I had um, while I was in Kenya, I got to know very well a Kenyan friend named Sam. And one day he shocked me by inviting me into his home for like most of a weekend. And that would mean eating the food and going to his church and being around Kenyans and being in his house for an entire day. And I was thinking, wow, this could be a little bit out of my comfort zone. And I could have refused the invitation, but I decided not to. I decided to take off my protective boots and to get my feet dirty and um, spend time in this relationship and this friendship. So I guess um, what I've learned this past summer is that if God puts you on rocky ground, if you're in a difficult circumstance or situation, um, don't retreat back into your comfort zone. Don't put on your sheltered um, shoes that are going to protect you from the rocks. Don't be afraid of those boulders. Um, God's going to use those circumstances and those rocks to change you and to change the lives of um, people around you. Thanks. Running shoes, symbolic of that busyness that fills our lives. Running from one activity to the other, always on the go. When students come to my door and say, Dr. Macias, are you busy? I often jokingly chide them that they've asked the wrong question. Of course I'm busy. I'm supposed to be busy. That's a given. In American society, it seems we're supposed to be busy. But if I think I'm busy, I look at the lives of the students in the graduate nursing program. Graduate school itself is a full-time job. 
On top of graduate school, many of our students work as nurses or teaching assistants, not to mention the fact that many are parents or grandparents and have other family employment and community commitments in addition to graduate school. Busyness can easily get in the way of service, and an often heard excuse is, I just don't have the time. However, in talking with our graduate nursing students, what I've heard is that service is not necessarily something extra, an add-on to a busy schedule, but that service exists in the context of everyday life. One student particularly comes to mind when I think of being busy. Carol is a dual major in our community health and primary care nursing programs. She also works as a nurse in a long-term care facility for the elderly, doing 12-hour shifts on Wednesdays and every other weekend. As a graduate student, she has nine-hour clinicals on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays and comes to classes from 12 to 5 on Mondays and 8 to 4 on Saturdays. She has every other Sunday off, which is time that is filled with church-related activities. She's also the wife and mother of two boys, ages 4 years and 22 months. The youngest child has chronic asthma and allergies, conditions that require nearly weekly visits to the doctor. I asked Carol, how do you fit in service when you're running from one activity to another? She told me she is creative and looks for ways to serve within the context and settings of her busy life as parent, spouse, student, and nurse. She finds ways to serve in the course of her nursing employment and her clinical experiences. She told me about a family she was caring for recently. The family had spent hours at the bedside of the dying father, but no one wanted to leave to get food or drinks to bring in, even though Carol had suggested that they really needed to take care of themselves and eat. Since the family did not want to budge from the bedside, Carol took it upon herself to go and provides some food and coffee for the family so they wouldn't have to leave the bedside. But she also talked about the small ways she tries to help the nursing assistants and the other people she works with by answering the call lights when she sees others are busy and by showing appreciation to the night staff by bringing in donuts in the morning. As Carol said to me, some days the way I serve is by taking the time to sit and listen to patients, just trying to exemplify a caring spirit as I provide assistance to them, following up on their concerns to the best of my ability. I feel in doing these things, they will know I am a servant of the Lord. I make a goal of trying to make a positive difference in my patients' days. Service is not an add-on to a busy agenda, something extra for your already filled schedule. God has already provided each of us with what we need to serve.
we are on holy ground. If we only take off the running shoes, this can be a time and place to serve in the context of everyday life. Take off your running shoes and see the burning bush before you. Jennifer Lewis is a sophomore nursing major. This last summer, she worked in home health, worked with geriatric clients, worked with one hospice client. She said one lesson that she really learned was patience, not that, that everyone did not really want the care that she wanted so willingly to provide. She's busy this year in Youth for Christ. She's an RA at Carmen. She does community outreach program. She is a busy sophomore nursing student. She has um, comfy shoes too inconvenient to serve. You know those comfy shoes that you want to wear when you're getting ready after a long day at work? She has comfy shoes. These shoes are well-worn and very comfortable. We rest in their comfort so that we don't experience the bumps of the holy ground. Those persons here with life experience may say, I have put in my time, I've paid my dues, I want to keep on my comfy shoes. Dr. David Smith was a professor of religion here at IWU for 19 years. He developed a brain tumor and he died to go home to be with the Lord last October 27th. There were several faculty who took serving as their core value and helped Dr. Smith and his wife Ruth Smith walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Dr. Jim Lowe, professor of intercultural studies, visited Dr. Smith and Ruth several times a week during the last months. He served by giving the gift of touch. He would often sit with David, put his hand on his head, and rub his shoulders and arms. He would tell David the school news at IWU and would read the Bible and pray with him. Dr. Argot, professor of biology, served through the hospice program. She visited often, doing whatever needed to be done, such as housework and physical care giving Ruth the chance to leave the house on errands as she stayed with David. She still walks and goes out to eat once a week with Ruth. A third professor, who wishes to not be named, visited Dr. Smith nearly every day for two to three months, rarely missing a day. He often just held David's hand as David would look silently into his eyes, unable to speak. This professor served by giving the gift of being these faculty, using their individual gifts, role-modeled service at its highest level. I asked these people what they learned about themselves and others as they served in this way. I asked them, what advice would you give to us who are striving to learn a lifestyle service? Here's what they shared. Dr. Lowe enjoyed serving in this way because it did not entail any kind of agenda. You don't have to worry about the right things to say. It is best just to jump on into it. Any person, no matter your education, can serve. People should not think that they have to be some kind of a super-Christian before they can serve others. Serving can start right now. Dr. Argot commented that different people serve in many ways. Christ set an example of servanthood, and because we are commanded to be Christ-like, it is important that we learn to serve others too. Remember that many people serve in many ways. Although we aren't all cut out to do hospice work, millions of other opportunities exist. Find something that fits your personality and be willing to try. The third professor I interviewed also had some great advice about serving. 
He commented that life is short. There are no guarantees. So live your life to the fullest. Get involved and go beyond your comfort zones. You may feel inadequate, but those people he expected to see Dr. Smith, see serve Dr. Smith didn't. And some of the ones he least expected to serve did serve. So it does not matter who you are or how inadequate you feel. When it comes right down to it, if you are convinced that serving in some specific way is a leading of the Holy Spirit, then do it. Step out of your comfy shoes and see what the Lord can do. Sometimes we need to remove the shoes that keep us out of touch with the needs of others. The call of God to Moses is his call to us today. Take off your shoes, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Now Moses wasn't particularly planning on serving the day that God came to him, and you and I never really know when God may come and ask us to serve. Do you and I have an attitude of service in the everyday of life as well as an attitude of lifelong service? In a minute, I would like to invite you to stand and express your commitment to lifelong service in whatever way God would reveal that to you. Stand still and listen for God's call to service. God uses ordinary people who are willing. And if I can just add a personal note here, ordinary people who might be willing to fail. And that's what I personally experienced as I helped to put this chapel together. God was saying, are you willing to fail even in this act of service? And that's been a real growing experience for me recently, to realize that when we step out and serve, we have to be willing sometimes to fail. And that's part of the learning experience of service. To demonstrate that commitment this morning, you might want to remove your shoes and feel the coolness of the ground beneath you. Reflect on the holy ground of service under your feet. If you choose not to remove your shoes, that's fine too. Just do what God is asking you to do in these quiet moments and reflect on the call to making service a way of life. As we conclude in prayer, you may want to remember some of the commitments you made last week in Fall Summit. Would you pray with me? Dear Master, we remember how you took off your robe and washed the disciples' feet in an act of service. And we would pray that you would help us to make a commitment to remove those things which would keep service from becoming a way of life for us. We pray in the power of the name of Jesus that you would help us to leave this place and go out to serve. Amen.